Hello, welcome to Our Route to Net Zero. I'm your host, Simon Matthews, Sustainability Lead at Stephen George and Partners. As architects and master planners, we're excited about the opportunities that Net Zero presents. In our series of podcasts, we'll be hearing from our staff, our clients, fellow collaborators, and of course, our Net Zero partners, Planet Mark. We'll share our successes and our challenges too, and we hope we'll add a little value to your own route to net zero along the way. So let's get going. Welcome to episode three. It's been a busy couple of months as we've been in the midst of completing our annual carbon emissions return. More on that next time. In this episode, we're going to hear from our managing partner, James Nichols on his experiences of commuting using public transport. And we'll take a dip into a fantastic net zero session at our spring workshop. Let's talk with James first. So James, how have you found using public transport? So I I found actually that it was probably less inconvenient and less impractical than I thought it was going to be. I think there were three things that came out of it for me that probably need a bit more further investigation, which was cost, convenience, and practicality. Okay. Um, there's different uh, different elements to this in terms of where you're travelling to. So, um, I live in Market Harborough. Uh, the office is in Enderby. So, for at least three days a week, I would be travelling from home into the office. Yeah. There's at least one day a week where I travel into London and then there's possibly one day a week where I may be out of the office at meetings. And so it isn't always practical or convenient to use public transport, um, but the the sort of the three days a week of travelling into the office from home, I found the actual service um, pretty convenient. Um, Yes, it adds a bit of time onto the travelling, the commute. Um, my general commute by car is 35 minutes. I was probably doing about an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes if I was using the um, sustainable transport route. And by that, I mean that's not using any form of car. It's a walk from home to the train station. Yeah. Jumping on the train at Market Harbour, coming into Leicester Station and then walking from Leicester Station to the 203 bus stop in town in Leicester, which I should add, the the bus, which is the 203 bus, is an electric bus, so you feel as if you are making a positive contribution to this whole debate on carbon. And then the bus actually does drop us off pretty much at the front door of the office. So from a practical comfort position, it's it's all fine. I think it adds a little bit of time onto the day. Um, I suppose the impractical thing of it might be that it's it's such small chunks of time. So it's a 15 minute walk, 15 minute on the train, another 15 minute walk, another sort of 20 minutes on the bus, 25 minutes on the bus, and you're here. Doesn't really allow you to do anything. Whereas if you compare it, work-wise that is, if you compare it to going to London, it's an hour on the train, you can get the laptop out, you can get your notebook out, you can do whatever you need to do and actually do preparation or stuff for the week or you can meet tasks and things. But I didn't find it as um, impractical as I thought it was. 
going to be. Um, there's just question marks over things like financial cost that we probably just need to have a look at in a bit more detail. Um, is that cost necessarily accessible to everybody using public transport? Because on the face of it, public transport can be quite expensive, particularly trains appear to be quite expensive. But then are the figures we've got for travelling by car, are they comparable? Are they cheaper? Are they more expensive? The overall actual cost of travelling in your own vehicle is a probably a discussion for a future debate. Yeah. So you so you found, and I know I found the same, that the cost of the train journey is a significant cost. Yeah, it can be. I mean, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when you go... So if I go to London, I go on a peak train. I'll, I'll be on the... Uh, what's the train that I'm on? Uh, the 726 train from Market Harbour in the morning. So you're paying the full fare. A re open return with your travel card is £149.20p, I think, which on the face of it is incredibly expensive. Yeah. But I wouldn't think to drive there in my car because of that's I just find that completely impractical. You wouldn't we wouldn't get anything done either. You'd waste that hour anyway. So it's there's probably is a greater cost if you had it all together. But I get sort of disparate views on how much it costs to run my car, for example. You know, is it the AA's forty seven P a mile or is it actually the stuff that I dug down to, which is one pound thirty nine a mile? Which if you add that together, then you might start to say, well, is it is it actually comparable? But I don't really know the answer to that. All I know is £149.20 is probably not accessible to everybody to pay that unless they're claiming it back from their company because that's a quite a lot of money. Um, but it, I wouldn't consider ever not using public transport to go and travel through throughout London. So it's a slightly different conversation. The other conversation is this, um, this discussion about it's easy, quite easy in the UK to travel north to south on public transport, but not so easy when you're asked to have meetings in either the east or the west, so you're travelling east or west, are you going into East Anglia or are you going into the West Midlands or are you going even further than that? It does start to add all sorts of complexity, you know, slower trains, um, changes and things that are involved. Um, some places where you're going to meetings don't have a train station, so how do you get from the train station? So there's all this discussion. Yeah. I think going to Birmingham, for example, in the Westminster would be fine, but if you're asked to go to one of the towns outside of that, it becomes slightly more complicated and timescales, and obviously we're working to timescales because you've got to be at a meeting at 9 o'clock in the morning. It's more than likely I'm going to jump in my car and go and do it, quite frankly. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Because talking about the times, when we're commuting to the office, there is a degree of flexibility. I mean, obviously we need to keep core hours, but you've got that bit of flexibility, whereas you're right, if you've got to be somewhere for a meeting... I, I had a meeting in Birmingham a few weeks ago and I got back to the train station in Derby, got off the train and I'd missed the hourly bus by three minutes and I've now got an hour to waste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like if everything had aligned better, yeah. it would have been a really good journey. And it was right. <laughs> yeah, because you have this thing of saying, well, it's going to take me an hour and 15 minutes. So the, from home to work, in my mind, is an hour and 15 minutes. But that's if you leave the house at exactly the right time to walk onto the train, to walk to the bus stop. There's a bus waiting that you jump on the bus and you go on. Of course, if you as you see the bus pulling out and the distance as you're walking up, you've got to wait for the next one, or you have got to be sort of quite more disciplined, I suppose, in some ways to make that work. 
So there are, I mean, it's, I, I, the conclusion I probably came to on, the, on your first question is that I would consider still using it, but I would consider using it where I don't have that, you've got to be in the office at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, if, you, if your first meeting, for example, you know, if your first appointment wasn't until 10 o'clock, I would say perhaps that's a sustain, what I've been calling in my diary sustainable travel day, you know, so that is jumping on the train and on the bus. But if I know I've got to be in the office for half seven, I'm probably going to use my car. Yeah. Okay. But I think uh, I'm hoping that that's a that's a sort of positive outcome. That actually, if if all of us found one day a week that we could use public transport, yeah, that probably knocks twenty five percent off our commuting yes. footprint, which is is huge, and we've got to do a huge amount. I know, but that's a that's a massive step in the right direction. And that's one that's some of the you know, the actual measurement, not the science, the measurement behind all of this. That's the one thing I'd really love to dig to into a little bit deeper on this. If you only did one day a week on, you know, public transport, it is cutting twenty percent from your travelling CO two measurement. What is that impact? What, what is it if you were to do it, you know, five days a week in your car, but actually one of those days we're now not doing that anymore, we're coming in via public transport. What am I actually contributing to it? So I think that's another discussion. It's this, it's the cost, convenience, practicality, but the cost needs to cover the actual financial cost, but then what is the benefit from a CO2 perspective? So that's something I think I'd like to explore a bit further than this, because I don't really feel I've got any science behind yeah. the numbers apart from the fact I feel good about doing that or I came by bus today. Yeah, yeah. okay, well I, I think that's a really good, uh, that's a positive point to lead it, leave it and, and potentially lead into another podcast when we can <laughs> talk about the data that we are collecting mm. and to see what that's telling us and, and hopefully to start to see our commuting footprint in this instance sort of dropping a little bit. Mm. So that's Absolutely. excellent. Great. Thanks James. Thanks very much. Thanks Simon. So hopefully some useful observations to share as we look to reduce our commuting footprint across our business. For the second part of this podcast, we wanted to share a brief excerpt from our Net Zero workshop we ran with our whole practice at our spring workshop. Incidentally, one that we held virtually, enabling us to savour the order of one and a half tonnes of CO2 as we closed our offices for the day and joined the conference from home. We had planned to have a series of breakout sessions at the end of the conference to explore ideas to reduce our carbon emissions. But we had some technical issues and ended up with one huge session with over 100 staff in one group. I, for one, was a little apprehensive about how much engagement we'd really get. I needn't have worried. An hour later, I had to halt the session with ideas still flowing as we'd run out of time. Here's a couple of minutes of the conference recording to give you a taste of the participation and the ideas generated. Kenji, the idea of desk sharing, utilisation, that's a really uh, powerful one. Um, it's quite interesting that if you look, for example, at the manufacturing sector, they're looking for their, and the logistics sector, I'm sure, they're looking for their operations to run 24-7. Um, if you look at a typical uh, service industry, it operates for 35, 40 hours a week, um, and the rest of the time, the, the space is left empty. So there's certainly some opportunities to, to share our resources. Uh, Amy, 
it's a really simple one that we can all do but using stairs not the lift it will reduce our emissions um steve clegg stephen clegg um having darker backgrounds on us on our screens uh you're absolutely right the the darker the 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 image the less light that we actually use and therefore the less energy we use in running the uh the computer um dan morgan fuddle sharing food at work yeah again great benefits around collaboration and working together and um yes it reduces packaging it reduces spend on meal deals um actually you're then probably bringing food in from home that you know its provenance you've you've selected potentially in a more careful way you've used perhaps locally sourced ingredients so that's great um hing the idea of an office electric car yeah i i like that and it again sends a powerful signal and we might learn quite a lot from that in terms of our own habits then um ian absolutely um let's we've just got to keep lobbying as a as a group and through our membership of the uk green building council amongst others to stop having to pay vat on refurbishment it is absolutely what we have to do so office utilization lunchtime eating and retrofit and refurbishment amongst others it was a fantastic session and we're looking forward to working up a number of the ideas proposed over the coming months. We'll keep you posted. That's it for this episode. Next time we'll return to our annual emissions and let you know how we're shaping up. Until then, 